Will it be 16 straight for the Kansas City Chiefs or will the Denver Broncos be able to pull off an upset? And what's going to happen with this roster, regardless of whether or not the Broncos win or lose? We're going to talk about the matchups. We're talking about Broncos Chiefs right here on a special crossover Thursday episode. Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And here we go, Crossover Thursday. I always look forward to these. Today's crossover is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play dance, daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use all lowercase LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Sayer, how is it going today? I know that there is a lot of talk in Bronco country uh, let's just dive right in. What's the biggest news or biggest story coming out of the Broncos right now? Yeah. Oh, Chris, it's first of all, it's good to see you again. I know we get to do this twice a year, but, uh, you know, obviously would love to have it be under more competitive circumstances. I, I don't think you and I have really had a situation where it feels like a big game for the Broncos and yep. Chiefs, unfortunately. But, you know, this is a, a an interesting game from the Broncos. I think the biggest storyline right now is who's going to be on this team by week's end, right? I mean, the Broncos are one and four right now. They could be one and five by the end of the night, you know, on Thursday night. And really, what does that mean for the team going forward? If, if you're one and five, you're probably not expecting to be super competitive the rest of the way, at least even even with seven, you know, playoff spots for each conference and, and certainly not in the AFC West. And so I think Sean Payton, who really is the the final word on the Denver Broncos roster, I think he would utilize that as an opportunity to say, look, let's let's get a look at as many young guys as we can. Let's get value for the players that have it. And, and let's kind of move forward and we're going to build this thing my way. I think, you know, not to not to get too dramatic about it, but I do think a loss to the Chiefs would set in motion kind of a, a chain reaction of big things happening for the Denver Broncos in terms of trading off big time players or the players that would be considered the big time players in Denver, potentially firing general manager, George Payton at some point potential that Vance Joseph would get let go of his defensive coordinator duties. So this is a big, big game for the Broncos in terms of the implications. And I'm not necessarily sure, Chris, I've been joking about this with, you know, a number of the guys that I write with or that we talk about Broncos together with. I'm like, a win against the Chiefs would be the most confusing thing to happen because it feels like a loss will set in motion like, okay, we know where we're going. We're, we're going to trade. We're going to get you know rid of some pieces at the deadline. We're going to accumulate draft capital. We're going to move on from Vance Joseph. Like It feels like all those ducks would be in a row if you lose. If you win this game in Kansas City, it causes all sorts of confusion. Like, okay, we're we're two and four now. Are we are we competitive? Like, should we have won a couple of those other one score games that we played in earlier this year? Are we are we better than maybe we even thought? I don't know that the, that's going to happen. Obviously, I'm I'm not banking on that happening. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I just think you know in the NFL you just never know, right? So what if that does happen? But I think for the Broncos right now, it's really all about what happens to some of these key players after this game with a 10-day layover between week six and week seven? Well, and the big question I have going into this, and you, you're right. I mean, if they win, it's a completely different scenario than what than if they lose. Although I would argue even at two and four, 
going up against the Chiefs, going up against the Chargers, going, you know, with the Bills and the and the Dolphins in one division, with the, you know, the Bengals and the Ravens in another division, it's going to be hard to make the playoffs starting out two and four. I'm not saying it can't be done, uh, but it's going to be harder. But I think you're right. If they lose, everything looks open at that point. So my question to you when, when that comes up is, do you think that they would trade in division for any of the players that they have on their team? I think they they might, you know, with Frank Clark potentially being on the block. I don't know if the Chiefs want him back. I don't know if they would go so far, especially with another matchup against the Chiefs in week eight. Although what would they the the maybe Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton would be attractive to a team that might want that wide receiver help. I'm not exactly sure where they would stand with that, but I think the better the player, the less likely it kind of feels like they would be willing to do in division trades. But obviously we saw, you know, Detroit and Minnesota come together on the TJ Hawkinson deal last year, which shocked everybody. And you're kind of like, why is Detroit helping Minnesota now this year we see, I mean, Detroit is obviously in a very good position. The Vikings are obviously not. So I, I guess it just depends on what kind of value you can get back. A lot of Broncos fans have wondered, like, well, out loud, what if you could get a first-round pick from the Chiefs or the Chargers or somebody for a, a wide receiver like Jerry Judy? Not that he's worth that necessarily, but like just a, in the what-if scenario mode, if somebody offers you something crazy, would you trade him in division? I don't know that I would necessarily be able to do that, Chris. That would be really tough. <laughs> well, and I get it. And the big thing when you start looking in division is you're absolutely right. I think the price goes up if it's in division. So I don't think Kansas City is going to be looking to trade for any Broncos. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll they'll be looking to trade for you know Judy or Sutton or uh, I don't expect that they're going to be going after Frank Clark. I think that that ship has sailed. Uh, but maybe they're looking at a scenario where they could bring in a Jerry Judy. I don't think they could afford Sutton uh, with the cap hits right now. Judy might even be a little bit of a problem, although I'm sure they can make moves. You know, when you flip it over to the other side, though, you look at Kansas City. The biggest question with Kansas City right now is everybody wants to know is Travis Kelsey playing? And I would love to tell you I have definitive I have a definitive answer for you, but I don't. What I will say is every indication seems like he is going to play. He seems to be moving around better than they expected. Uh, and as long as he doesn't have a setback, I expect that he probably will play. The question then be, really becomes, is that the smart move for Kansas City to play him on three or four days after a game where he hurt his ankle uh, when they have the Chargers coming up in a week and a half? If you sit in this game, he's likely close to 100% with his ankle by the time the Charger game comes around. Right. And he's obviously one of the biggest factors. The Broncos have really struggled this season against opposing tight ends. So not that they wouldn't struggle normally against Travis Kelsey just because he's a tight end, but he's obviously been a thorn in the Broncos side pretty much ever since he got to the NFL. And that that's a situation where to me, I kind of wonder if you're right, should they rest him for this game? Because you're going to have a lot of Denver Broncos players playing emotionally charged. Like I said, nobody knows who's going to even be on the team after this game so like are those guys going to go out there and just kind of play you know kamikaze style just kind of flying around like we we got nothing to lose right we got nothing to lose in this game we may not even be here anyway let's just go out with a bang you can't help but wonder like if the broncos do play with that kind of reckless abandon is that too risky for somebody like travis kelsey to be out there when we know he's going to get a high volume of targets and I'm not too worried about that. I think that he protects himself pretty well. It's it for me. It's more of can he play to even be sixty or seventy percent of what he normally is? Uh, you know, he went back in and he was effective against the Vikings. But the reality is, is that 
you probably go in, you have a shot that helps with the pain, but you're also playing on adrenaline. And it's going to be a lot different coming back, playing after four days with the swelling. And I'm sure that they've been working on the swelling, but it's still going to be different than it was playing on Sunday. So it's going to be something to watch. And we will really probably not know until, you know, an hour and a half before kickoff whether or not he's going to go. I think, you know, it sounds like all three of the guys that the Chiefs have are questionable, uh, which are Travis Kelsey, George Karloftis, and Tommy Townsend are probably leaning towards playing. Uh, but you know, if something, if they have a setback in the next day, we're recording this on Wednesday night, if they have a setback the next day or they have a setback during warmups that could change things. It could, it could. And for the Broncos injury side of things, Greg Dulcich being activated off injured reserve this week kind of sounds like there's truly a 50, 50 chance of him playing with the hamstring injury that he's been dealing with. The Broncos didn't initially put him on IR though, when he suffered that injury. So that kind of led me to believe maybe it was more of the two to three week variety. They already gave him that extra week, even though it's a short week it, they released little Jordan Humphrey from the active roster. So they're making a roster spot for somebody, but Sean Payton keeps that stuff close to the vest. I guess we'll see if Greg Dulcich can be a, factor in this game yeah and we're going to talk when we get back about all the matchups that are coming up in this game because there's a lot to talk about when you start looking at the Chiefs and the Broncos and you get into all the different players that are going to be going up against each other Broncos country today's crossover episode with locked on Chiefs is brought to you by our friends over there at price picks and price picks is daily fantasy sports done right Price Picks is the most fun that I've had winning up to 25 times my money. This football season, you just select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and then you place your entry. Price Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Plus, they have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app here. Price Picks also now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Make sure you check it out today by going to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 at Price Picks. Get in the action with Price Picks today. We'll start looking at matchups in this game and. You know, one of the things that I was going to be really curious about, you know, when this when I saw this game on the schedule, I was really curious to see Frank Clark go up against his whole team. Obviously, we're not going to see that. Where are you going in your first matchup in this game? You know, incidentally enough, Chris, I'm going to go to the Broncos pass rushers up against those Chiefs offensive tackles. Uh, Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith, I think the Broncos are kind of going with a youth movement off the edge this season. And it's been really good stuff for the most part, I would say, from Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper, the guys who are really dominating snaps. Now, not only is Frank Clark not playing in this game, but this is the second week now the Broncos will be without Randy Gregory, who was traded to the San Francisco 49ers. So the Broncos are obviously fully committed to this youth movement. We did see a little bit more of Ronnie Perkins as well. Last week, the former third round pick of the New England Patriots, that was his first NFL action, believe it or not, outside of the preseason. So I think the Broncos have a plan in place for some of their young guys. Thomas Incum, an undrafted rusher. They've, they're not going to be able to see Baron Browning just yet, hopefully week seven against Green Bay. But Nick Bonito, Jonathan Cooper, maybe some Ronnie Perkins, maybe some Thomas Incum. 
we want to see those young Broncos pass rushers going up against this Chiefs offensive line and those tackles and see if that if that pass rush can get home against Patrick Mahomes. Now we know even when the initial rush does get home against Mahomes, he's able to be elusive in the pocket, get outside the pocket, make a ton of plays. So what about that secondary pressure? I think I've brought that up on almost every crossover episode this season. Where's that secondary pressure coming from? And can these guys finish plays off the edge? It's going to be huge, especially with no Randy Gregory, no Frank Clark. You know, you look at that matchup, and I'm really curious to see how the Chiefs linemen do in this scenario. I think that they should be fine. I I do like uh, what I've seen from Jawan Taylor, even though he's been penalized a lot this season. Uh, And Donovan Smith, I think, has played pretty well for the most part. I'm not going to say he's been great, but I think he's played decently well. I'm really curious to see what Kansas City is able to do against your interior pass run or your interior line, your interior offensive line. What's Chris Jones going to do in this game? What is he going – how is he going to be able to get pressure on Russell Wilson and coming from the middle of the field? And there's questions, you know, when when you talk about George Karloftis not playing, if Karloftis doesn't go because of the hamstring – Maybe they play Chris Jones outside, and, and maybe you're looking at a situation where he's going up against Garrett Bowles or Mike McGlinchey. And I, I like the matchup definitely against McGlinchey. Uh, Bowles not as much. I think Bowles is a better player than McGlinchey, but I think you have to feel pretty good about Chris Jones against this off this Broncos offensive line. But you got other guys that you have to worry about as well. Mike Dana can play inside at times. Uh, Turk Warden is a very good pass rusher. I'm curious to see how those guys – try to cave the pocket on Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think every Broncos fan always fears the twice they have to go up against Chris Jones every single season. It just feels like number 95 for the Chiefs kind of lives in that Denver Broncos backfield. Of course, the Broncos paid a lot of money to get Ben Powers at the left guard position this year, paid a lot of money to get Mike McGlinchey. Quinn Miners is probably their best offensive lineman at the right guard position, but I do think they're going to have to find additional ways to neutralize Chris Jones, whether that's utilizing Chris Manhurts, who they brought in as a blocking tight end specialist. Maybe Chris Jones will get popped a couple times in the chest by his old teammate, Michael Burton, who's now the fullback for the Denver Broncos, been utilized in pass protection a few times. I know I'm sure those pass rushers for the Chiefs are familiar with the pass protection of Samaj P. Ryan at the running back position. We'll see plenty of him as well, but I'm with you on that, Chris. I think really watching how, how Chris Jones and that pass rush get after Russell Wilson because he has been much better this season, but he's also been prone to kind of taking some of those sacks or stretches of play Outside of the really good stuff from him, there's still stretches of play where Russ is either holding onto the ball too long or he feels a little too gun shy out there at the quarterback position. If the Chiefs can fluster him with interior pressure, move Chris Jones around the formation, get him lined up against McGlinchey in some one on one situations, that could really throw off the Broncos' passing game. So I feel like we'll see a lot of emphasis on the run with Javante Williams coming back early on in this game. You got Javante Williams undrafted rookie Jaleel McLaughlin playing really well, Samaj P. Ryan running well. So hopefully a lot of emphasis on the run to set up the pass for the Broncos this week, as opposed to pretty much every week prior where we've seen a real emphasis on passing the ball and throwing it a lot. Well, Javante Williams, I like him as a runner. I I haven't seen the same explosion that he had as a rookie yet. I, I mean, he's not playing to that aspect, at least in, from what I've seen. Uh, but he is still a dangerous runner, so that's definitely going to be something to watch. Who else are you looking at in this game that's, that's really going to, you know, in your mind, possibly swing this game? 
I wonder about the Broncos wide receivers, right? We know the Kansas City Chiefs. I think, Chris, I was I was talking about this with some other people, and you can let me know how you feel about this. I feel like maybe the most underrated aspect of the way Kansas City has built their roster because of the greatness of Mahomes, because of how good Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey are, I feel like they're one of the best teams in the NFL at developing and identifying fits for their secondary Trent McDuffie having a huge season for them. And I know they've got a lot of talent in the secondary besides him. I'm interested to see with, especially with these guys on the trade block, how did Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton go up against this chief secondary, which has probably been in my opinion, from watching their games, their biggest strength defensively this season. Yeah, they've been phenomenal. Uh, LeJerry Sneed, and uh, they kept, you know, you look at last week playing Justin Jefferson, keeping him to catches three, I think three catches for 28 yards uh, going up against probably, I don't know, I, he's easily top three in my mind when it comes to wide receivers. I don't know where I'd put him in the top three off the top of my head, but he's easily a top three wide receiver for me. Uh, they did phenomenal. They did a great job. You know, obviously I'm not going to say they locked him down, but they kept him to manageable situations. And I wasn't expecting that. I was looking at a situation where you look at the other receivers they have, you know, they had KJ Osborne, uh, you know, they have Jordan Addison. If you can shut those guys down, even if a guy like Jefferson gets his to an extent, gets 75 yards and a touchdown, you still feel pretty good about where you are. But to do what they did last week with Jefferson shows they have the ability to do that across the board. And Legereus Need, I think, is going to be traveling with the number one wide receiver. I don't know that they're going to do that this week against the Broncos. Uh, and it's more because I don't know that the Broncos have a legitimate number one wide receiver. I'm not saying that they don't have a good wide receiver. You know, Sutton's a good wide receiver. Uh, Jerry Judy's a good wide receiver. Who's the number one there? They both are right. are kind of producing about the same. So why would you travel this week? Uh, And it's been interesting because McDuffie's been playing a lot of, uh, you know, uh, slot corner. And I was not expecting that. They've had him play a ton of slot corner and he's been doing a great job inside. And I think that really helps this Chiefs defense. I agree with you. I think they're playing phenomenal on the back end and I'm looking forward to that matchup. And the other matchup for me that I'm really curious about, and this is a matchup that I'm probably going to be looking at almost every week because it's been it's been hot and cold so much, it seems. The Chiefs wide receivers, especially going up against a guy like Pat Sertan, what's he going to do? Who's he going to be focusing on? Where is he going to be paying his attention? Uh, and how are they go up against that unit? Because I think that this is a time where they should be able to get right a little bit more than they have in the past couple of weeks. But Sertan's a fantastic corner. He is. Uh, The Broncos have definitely been the get-right team for a number of other teams this season, I would say, including the Chicago Bears, uh, for sure, a couple weeks ago, even though the Broncos won that game. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them be able to get right against Denver's defense, the 32nd-ranked defense. I I read that this is the first time Patrick Mahomes is ever playing against the 32nd-ranked defense in the league, which is kind of wild to think about. But unfortunately, it has to be against the Denver Broncos, Chris. We know that. That's that's kind of embarrassing. But yeah, I'm always excited to see where Pat Sertan will match up on the field. Maybe the Broncos will line him up against Travis Kelsey a little bit more in this game, because kind of like you said with Denver, it's like, who is that wide receiver one in Kansas City? Well, it's it's I mean, their number one target is always Travis Kelsey. But at the receiver position, I think the Broncos can utilize a lot of different 
players to match up with the the speed that the Chiefs have at receiver and hopefully get Pat Sertan lined up more often than not against Travis Kelsey. But we'll see how that works out because we haven't really seen that much, I don't think, in Pat Sertan's career so far as him matched up specifically against Travis Kelsey. But maybe in this game, we will see that. Well, and if they do, that's going to be something to watch. I, I Kelsey takes advantage of corners on a regular basis, and Sertan is a fantastic corner. So I'm really curious to see how that ends up turning out if they go that direction. Uh, it's going to be a fun matchup in my mind when you start looking at Patrick Mahomes playing in prime time, Russell Wilson playing in prime time. And I, I, Russell Wilson struggled last year, but he's playing better this year. So I do think that that's going to be a fun part of this game. But the Chiefs defense has been playing so much better as well. I think that's going to be something that will play into that. But we're going to talk about when we get back, what is it going to take for the Broncos to possibly win this game? What would it take for the Chiefs to win and to get into our predictions as well? Today's Locked On Broncos and Locked On Chiefs crossover episode is brought to you by our friends over there at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important. But our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Have you ever been in a situation where you were in pain or you needed medication, but your doctor was out of town or you couldn't get in to see a physician because there were no appointments for days? I know I've been there before and Jace Medical is your solution and it's simple. All you do is you just fill out an online form and one of Jace Medical's board certified physicians, they'll review it to determine whether or not medications are safe and appropriate. Then. They send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your Jace order will be filled and life-saving medications will be mailed directly to your home in a Jace case. Not only that, but you can send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. Once again, that's jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Here's where it gets fun, Sayer. What is it going to take for your Broncos to beat the Chiefs on Thursday night? How long do you have? You know, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I think in all seriousness, I, I don't ever, you know, I, I, I'll never root against the Broncos in a game, Chris. I know there's a lot of Broncos fans that are, are rooting for a loss. They want Caleb Williams or Drake May or Marvin Harrison Jr. Or the, the tackle from Penn State who all look very good. But I, I just, you know, you feel like, hey, if the Broncos can play mistake-free football, you've always got a shot to win any game in the NFL. Now, the key is you got to force the Chiefs to make mistakes on the other side. You you not only have to play a perfect game on your end, but you've got to force the Chiefs into mistakes. So I think that's what really has to go right for the Broncos is you can't get into these silly situations where, all right, you you force a turnover on a punt return. You're, you got the ball at midfield. All of a sudden you try this, you know, wacky reverse play where Samaj P. Ryan throws the ball over Marvin Mims' head and you give the ball right back to the other team. You can't have these type of situations where you got an opportunity to go down and have a game-tying or game-winning drive and all of a sudden you get hit from behind, the ball pops loose, and the other team returns it for a touchdown. That kind of stuff seems to happen every single time the Broncos play the Chiefs over the last eight years, doesn't it? It's like ever since Bradley Roby took a fumble back for a touchdown don't in Kansas City, ironically, <laughs> on a Thursday night, you know, I, I, I mean, ever since that time, it feels like the ball is bouncing the other direction 
in these matchups where, man, the Broncos with Vic Fangio, they consistently had played Patrick Mahomes well, but it was giving up kickoff return touchdowns or giving up, you know, pick sixes and things like that. That really was them shooting themselves in the foot. I, I just don't know if the Broncos are in a position right now, given the status of the team with so many guys futures up in the air are they going to be able to be focused enough to win this game? So I think you not only have to play a flawless game if you're on Denver's side, but you've got to force the Chiefs into mistakes as well if you really want to go go out and get a win on the road in Arrowhead. How many turnovers do you think it takes? The turnover di- differential, how, mu- how many do you think it takes? Just curious. At least two. At least two. At least yeah, you have to you have to win the turnover differential by two, and I think that's fair. I would say that that could be done. Uh, Kansas City has been hot or cold when it comes to holding on to the ball. I mean, Mahomes started off the season a lot slower than he has in years. Uh, he's been phenomenal in September, and it just it really didn't happen so much this year. And you get used to seeing something from a player, and then you expect it. And that's not really fair to Mahomes. I think he's played well enough for them to win most of their games. And even in, going back to their loss against Detroit, I mean, you look at what happened in that game. He threw it right to the wide receiver. Wide receiver dropped it, and it goes right into somebody else's hands for a defensive touchdown. And that turned it out to be enough to win the game for Detroit. So when I look at this game, if Kansas City just plays their game and just – I mean, they have to, you know, get Mahomes outside the pocket at times, get Travis Kelsey open, try to get the wide receivers involved, uh, you know, put up 20, 25, 30 points. And I think you're probably going to be in a good position to win this game. Uh, Obviously, don't turn the ball over. Um, One turnover, I don't think is going to kill you. But if you get to a point where, you know, you turn over the ball two or three times, you're going to have a hard time beating any team in the NFL, regardless of how bad their defense has been playing. Uh, short fields are going to kill your your defense, and it's going to be tough. But the Chiefs' defense has been playing very well this year, so I'm looking forward to this game. I'm, I'm excited to see what they're able to do against the Broncos. Now we get into the fun time. Who do you have in this game, Sayer? You know, realistically speaking, Chris, I, I, I have the Chiefs winning this game. I mean, obviously, it's, it's just not a – the Denver Broncos are the 32nd ranked defense in the NFL, right? And, and they've been giving up chunk play after chunk play. They're every team's get right right now with all the stuff up in the air about the trade deadline and potential change of defensive coordinator. Like there's just way too much that's questionable for the Denver Broncos right now for me to sit here and say like, oh yeah, they they can go into it. Maybe if, if they were – two and three or something like that. And maybe then I would say like, Hey, they might be able to come in and get a surprise win. And I know that's just one game difference, but that one game difference seems to have shifted the way things are, are just feeling the vibe towards this team. My heart wants the Broncos to win. Like, I don't care if it means they're only two and four, but my head is saying they're not going to win. So I think that that's just, you got to prepare for that. If you're in Broncos country right now, just prepare to be one and five by the end of the night and if you're not uh, well then you've ended a 15 game losing streak then you've ended a streak that has been ongoing since before you won Super Bowl 50 and I think that's something to be excited about but also leads to confusion so my my heart is hoping for a win Chris but my head is saying that they're not going to win and I think that you know ultimately that's still going to drive me absolutely nuts on Thursday night watching this game you know, the one thing that I will say about this game, and this is only for, true for Thursday night games in my mind, is if you're playing in Denver, I think that the chances of you going up are going up 
25, 30%. You're not traveling, you're staying in your, you know, you're staying in your own homes, or even if you're going to, you know, your hotel the night before, you're at least used to the the scenario of where you are. You're not having to travel the day before or traveling the day of. Uh, I do think that that stuff matters. Uh, and you're on a short week anyway. I mean, that's really the reality of it is you're on a short week. It's like going to be harder to get ready for the game if you're going away. So I do think that stuff makes these games harder for the away teams. Uh, when you come down to it, I think you're right. I think Kansas City is in a position where I I do wonder at times if this is a scenario where you kind of get to a point where you think that maybe they overlook the Broncos and maybe that is going to cause issues. But it's a divisional game. I just can't see Andy Reid letting them overlook a, a divisional opponent, regardless of who it is and regardless of how bad or how good the, the team's played. So I think that it's Kansas City's going to win this game. I think that it shouldn't be close. But with it being a divisional game, maybe it is close. Maybe it's something the Broncos are able to push into the fourth quarter and, and you know, we'll see how it goes. But I think Kansas City does win. As long as it's not 70 to 20, Chris, we can't be having any of that <laughs> type of stuff anymore. Okay, well, I'll, t- I'll take 75 20. How about that? Does that work for you? <laughs> no, no, no. Wrong direction. Wrong direction. Wrong, wrong direction. Fair enough. <laughs> Well, we will see what happens. I'm really excited about this game. I always like playing the Broncos, uh, even though I can't stay in the Broncos. But, hey, uh, it's always a fun time uh, talking to you, Sarah. And looking forward to this matchup. Uh, We will be back right after the game. Ryan and I will be back with Matt Derrick to talk more about this game uh, right after it ends. And I'm sure you guys are going to have your own probably live show or something really shortly after. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, always the post-game reaction on Lockdown Broncos, me and Cody, win or lose, we'll be there. Well, thank you all for listening today. We really do appreciate it. And that is going to be it for us today. Look for our post-game reactions, which will be up right after the game looks like for both teams. And we will talk to you tomorrow.